Welcome to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. We hope and pray this message challenges and inspires you to live out God's truth in your life. Palm Sunday, Easter week, Holy Week, Passion Week, whatever, whatever you describe the week as, is a very big deal. The day is a very big deal. I mean, the concept that today, Jesus, according to the Bible, told his boys to go get a colt, a young donkey that had never been ridden before, and go get it, and they bring it to him, and he sits on that donkey and rides into town. And we know that history records, and the Bible records, that people began to sing like Becca was just singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. And we think, if we watch the movies enough, that, they, that everybody in Jerusalem was focused on that point, but that's not true. That's, that is not what was going on. In, inside of Jerusalem, inside the cities, if you've ever been there, they had probably a million plus people who had traveled from all over Israel to come to Jerusalem to settle in and worship the King of Kings, but they didn't know it yet. They were coming to celebrate Passover. They were coming to celebrate a Passover that in the middle of their life was a picture of something that was rather amazing. You see, the Jewish people had come together to celebrate Passover year after year after year. And they would come behind their families and they would trudge all the way from wherever they lived to get to Jerusalem to celebrate this one perspective, that in the Jewish nation leaving captivity from the Egyptians, you remember the plagues that had come, and at the final plague, what was it? It was that you would have to have the blood of a lamb on your doorpost, and the angel of death would pass over, hence Passover, and your, your family was protected. Now, first of all, that is a massive amount of faith. On the other side, it was normal for a Jewish family to bring a lamb into the city. But now, we always think they went and they picked a perfect little pet lamb, and it looked at the daughter and went, and the little girl said, oh, mommy, I love the lamb. It's so cute. But what they did is they bought the lamb, and they would bring it into the city and wash it because (coughs) that lamb had been out in the field. It was a sheep that had a shepherd. And shepherds who tended sheep were nasty, but the sheep were nastier. And that shepherd could call. And there could be three different herds of sheep and three shepherds on the same mountainside. But when that particular shepherd called, his sheep came to him. He knew the sheep by name, and the sheep knew his voice. And so what would happen is you and your family would head toward Jerusalem and you'd see this this shepherd and you'd buy one of his lambs, a lamb that he had grown and pampered and protected and guarded. And you bought that lamb to take it into the city of Jerusalem. And when you would do that, literally you would wash that lamb and afterwards you would slaughter that lamb because the belief was that the the shed blood of that spotless lamb was for the forgiveness of your sins but see it really wasn't spotless until they washed it so as the story goes we know the bible tells us that jesus is a picture of the good shepherd if you don't believe me listen to a couple of these references in psalm 23 1 the lord is my what 
shepherd, right? All right. Then we, in Psalm 79, then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever. In Psalm chapter 80, verse 1, listen, shepherd of Israel, who leads Joseph like a flock. In Psalm 95, 7, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his care. David, when he pens these words, are giving a picture of what he knows, because he was a shepherd boy, alone, out hanging out with sheep. They knew his name. He knew their name. They knew his voice. And you look at all this, and you say, wait a minute, so if God, if, 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 if Jesus sends God in the picture of a shepherd, then what are we in the story? We're the sheep. We're the sheep. I mean, just, just try to bow one time. I'm going to count to three. Just do, do your best sheep. You ready? All right. Some, I know, listen, some of you dudes are so cool, you will not do this. All right? But if you don't do it, wives, just smack them. All right? Here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> Further proof, a church will do anything to make noise. All right? So it, some of you are saying, what does that have to do with the teaching? Nothing. I just want to see if you do it. Way to go. Nice job. But so you'd come by and you'd get the sheep, but you know what we realize is that if Jesus is a shepherd and we are the sheep, then we better know something about the shepherd. You know the first thing we know about the shepherd? The shepherd became a sheep so that that sheep could give its life and be our shepherd. Isn't that complicated? That shepherd became a sheep so that that sheep could give its life and we could have a shepherd. Now the beautiful thing is he came to become a sheep to understand us. Now, it's interesting. That shepherd is a shepherd who rescues. This shepherd is a shepherd who rescues. I mean, the shepherd's presence was the sheep's assurance that they're safe. Shepherds would gather anything and make a pen at night and then leave a gate, and literally a shepherd would sleep across the gate to, to keep anything from coming in or to keep anything from going out. And that shepherd literally gave his life to tending for those sheep, including those little lambs that families would come by and purchase to go slaughter. The sheep was that needed a rescuer. You know why? Because sheep are dumb. I mean, we know that about sheep. They're just not very bright. Then why on earth are we portrayed as sheep? Well, I, I got to be honest with you. I've made some of the dumbest mistakes. I mean, really, have you not made some stupid mistakes in your life? Have you not had some times where you thought, could have had a V8? I mean, really, come on. I mean, thinking to yourself, how, I know better than that, but we did, didn't we? I mean, everybody here, somewhere in your life, you have made a mistake that just thought, that was so dumb. We're sheep. You know what sheep do when they don't have a shepherd and they get to a cliff? They literally walk off of it. I mean, just boom. I, I know people every week who walk off relational cliffs. I know folks who walk off of addiction cliffs. I know folks who walk off of just pride-filled cliffs every week, every day, me and you. We need a shepherd. We need someone who knows the grief and the pain. We need someone who understood what it is to be tempted. We needed a shepherd who, who could say, I, I know exactly what's going on in your world. I'm so involved in it that you can't help but know my voice. I can't help but know your name. I'm totally enthralled with all that's going on in your life. So the shepherd becomes a lamb who redeems. Now, I want you to see that when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that donkey, what we read is that the people were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. And what did they say? 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But remember, the vast majority of those people were not singing that to Jesus. The vast majority of those people were singing that, believing the Messiah was going to come, that he wasn't already here. The vast majority of those people might have been over washing their lambs, preparing, because they were making sure that they were about the religious part of this. They didn't want to miss what religion said to do. See, religion said to them, you need to go wash your sheep because the sheep is what gives you forgiveness. So you got to take care of that. So they, they did their religious work. I mean, listen, the, the church said, this is what you got to do, so you got to do it. And while they were so busy doing all their religious stuff, Jesus rode right by them and they didn't even know it. The Son of God rode right by them. They didn't even know it. They're so busy doing what they do in, around, and for the church that he totally missed Jesus. Can you imagine the Son of God riding into Sugar Hill and us saying, you know what? You know what? I am so busy. I, I've, I have got to go teach that class. You know, I, I have got, I got to leave here early. I got to go be a greeter. You know, I, I, I'm so, I need to go be in preschool. I, I need to go be in student ministry. And you know what happens sometimes? We get so busy doing church stuff, we forget the church exists to honor and glorify Jesus, period. And they were so busy doing everything else. Listen, this church loves to strip everything we can that is religion off of Jesus so you get just to Jesus because he's enough. That day, they missed the lamb who redeems. Now, now watch what would happen. They, they would take that lamb, and, and they would take their arm, and they would press on that lamb to stretch that neck out. And then they would put their chest on the rest of that, almost like you were pushing air out of an air mattress. And when they got just the right amount of force where they pushed everything they could, then they would use that knife and they would get every drop of blood they could out of that lamb. Watch this. That's what we did to Jesus. We piled on top of that lamb, the lamb of God. We piled your porn addiction on it, sir. We piled your pride on it, ma'am. We piled your unforgiveness. We, we, we piled on every ounce of our sin and we pressed so hard that the life and the blood came out of the spotless lamb. You see, Jesus rode into town facing hell week. Haven't you had one of those weeks where you just thought, man, I just want to get this one over? Can you imagine Jesus riding into Jerusalem knowing this is the beginning of the week when I'll tell my closest family this is a picture of my blood. This is a picture of my body. Only to be beaten and scourged and spat upon and cursed. Only to have nails driven through his hands and his feet. Only to be ridiculed and mocked. To have a crown of thorns pressed down on your head. The flesh ripped from your body. To have people laugh at you. To, to, to take all of that knowing he didn't have to. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't do it. And he did it for you. And he did it for me. And he looked at our messed up world and he said, I'm enough for you, but you pick. You choose. My coming in for, for this time, you pick. 
Today, Jesus literally, he rides into Sugar Hill and says, you pick. I came for you. I came for all your messed up junk. I came for you. I love you. And somebody's saying, well, there's no way he, he, there's no way he loves my husband. My husband's a scumbag. He left me. I'm in a mess. He, he loves him too. Chuck, you don't know how hard I partied last night. He loves you too. But you know what religious folks do? They get over in the corner and they scrub the lamb and forget that the lamb of God came by and we missed him because we're just so busy doing religious junk. God save us from religion into a relationship with Jesus, the spotless lamb of God who rode into our life because we need a shepherd. We had to have a lamb that redeems as a matter of fact, what we read in John chapter 1, verse 29 says this, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isaiah, the, the prophet, hundreds of years ahead of time, said in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 through 7, he says, Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Can you not see that picture? That literally our sins were pressing on Jesus like that man would press on that lamb before he slit that throat to get everything he could. Our sin pressed on Jesus to the degree that he was broken and bloodied and died. And you say, well, why did he do that? So that you and me could have forgiveness of our sins. And you say, well, well Chuck, listen, I'm a good guy. I'm a good lady, Chuck. I'm, a, I'm good. The Bible says there's no one good but God. The Bible says that our heart, we have all capacity for great evil. We need a shepherd, a, sh a shepherd that has come to, to die so that we can live again because he lived again. We need a lamb who redeems. Isaiah continues on and says, we've left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Jesus came and gave it all for me and you. And he rode into that town. He rode into our lives knowing hell week was ahead of him. You see, Jesus literally gives life. He rode into Jerusalem that we and they might have life. The Savior came knowing. Now, watch this. The original text, when it pictures the lamb, it pictures, and literally, the, the original text says this, a pet lamb. The kind of little lamb that your daughter that's about six years old looks at and goes, oh. And she drives pictures of it, and you put it on the, on the refrigerator. Two days ago, Samantha came home with six chickens. Chickens. Let me say that again. My youngest daughter brought to my house six chickens in my guest bathroom right now. Under heat lamps are six chickens. I am now an urban chicken farmer. 
you know where chickens belong? Between a bun. That's where they belong. But no, I got chickens in my gas. I can't even go to the bathroom in my own bathroom because I got chickens. There's so much wrong with this. Samantha walks around. She's got a chicken in each hand, and I'm trying to watch the news. And she says, do you want to hold a chicken, eh, Chuck? No, I don't want to hold a chicken. I want to eat a chicken. Do you know that we have to keep these chickens in our house and, and do crazy stuff for these chickens before they get worth it? I don't even see eggs for a year. I don't even know if they're the right kind of chicken. Where do you go to school to learn if that's a boy or a girl chicken? Seriously. But you know what? The day one of those chickens dies, my girl's hearts are going to be broken. Sarah's going to cry. She's going to be broken. It's just all, Samantha's going to think it's the worst thing in the world. And you know what my job will be? Sweetie, it's just a chicken. I fear most of us go into this week with the same thought about Jesus. You know, it's just a happening. But he rode in and he said, I come for you. You see, Jesus, Jesus gave his life because he's a shepherd who reigns. Can you see how oxymoronic that is? That the shepherd would reign as a king. The shepherd would become the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the shepherd who would make us holy. John, in his writing in the book of Revelation, says he's a shepherd who reigns for all eternity. In chapter 7, verse 14, he says that the flock of the shepherd washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb that they will be before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his sanctuary and no longer will they hunger, no longer will they thirst, no longer will the sun strike them or any heat. He goes on in verse 17 and says, because the lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them, he will guide them to springs of living waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know why at the end of the service I give you that perspective? Because God can't wait. He rode in on a donkey to wipe your tears away, to make your broken heart healed, to take away that addiction, to give you a relationship, to make a difference in your life. And all he says is, trust me with this. Because the shepherd will inevitably lead us home. The shepherd will inevitably lead us home if you're willing to become a sheep. But I know a lot of people say, Chuck, I ain't no sheep. I got it up here, buddy. Life's going pretty good. I got everything covered. You know what we know about sheep? They're also fickle. Things change in a heartbeat on the mountainside. The shepherd will give us life eternal because we trusted him here for life in abundance. He rode into our life and Easter reminds us of Friday and his death. But more importantly, it reminds us of Sunday when life came back. Because the shepherd became a sheep so that we sheep could have a shepherd. Our relationship with him is we know his name when he calls us. You know, in our present world, there, there are all kinds of problems, aren't they? If you watch the news long enough, man, this is a messed up place. And I'm worried about chickens. Chickens. 
Do you know what's interesting? The shepherd came desiring us to make a big deal about him. A big enough deal that we'd invite him into our life that he could own us and care for us. It was, it was February 1941, Auschwitz, in a Nazi camp where, where they murdered thousands of Jews. There's a fellow there by the name of Maximilian Kolbe. He was a priest held in a bit of a high esteem if there was such a thing in those death camps. And in, in that month, there, there was an attempted escape of 10 people. All were caught. All were brought back inside the prison camp there at Auschwitz. And they decided that what we would do is rather than send those people to a gas chamber, we're going to put them in a home with, with zero heat in freezing temperature and not feed them. We're going to hear their cries because they were going to let them die slowly day after day after day. So they got ready after making the announcement to everybody in the prison. They started to march these tens off. And, and at that time, there, there was a guy in the ten who said, wait a minute, I, I can't do this. His name was Frandeshkik Gasinovich. And he, sa he said, I have a wife, I have a family, you can't do this. And at that time, Maximilian Kolba said, I'll go in his place. I'll go to there, you go be with your family. And he did, he left and he went and he was with those ten. And sure enough, those 10 died of starvation. They died of frostbite. NBC, a few years ago, did a study and a story on this very guy who lived because Maximilian Kolba died. And NBC cameras followed him now in his late 80s. And they went over and they looked at the inscription on the tombstone, and here's what it said. In memory of Maximilian Kolba, he died in my place. I live because he died. Jesus rode into town that you might have life, that you might have it in abundance, and you would most definitely have it for eternity. So if today you've been so busy cleaning your sheep, notice that Jesus rode in. If you're so busy tending to your business, stop and notice Jesus rode in. If you're all bent out of shape about what we do or how we do it and how somebody else is messed up, made for, Jesus just rode in for you. You came in today with an addiction and a messed up life, Jesus rode in for you. Your marriage is absolutely shot, Jesus rode in for you. You're lonely and you're tired and you're tired of being tired, Jesus rode in for you. I want to ask you to do something. We didn't do this at 930, but I want to ask you to do this. I believe with all my heart, just as Jesus physically rode into Jerusalem, I believe spiritually he rides into Sugar Hill. And he says, now there's some of you that are going to be so busy washing your sheep, you're not going to get this. There's going to be some of you that, man, you, you just can't believe that somebody would love you enough to die for you, and you're going to say, man, I can't do it. But Jesus rode in for you. So today, if you're here, and there is anything in your life or in your family, there's anything going on that you'd say, man, I, I need Jesus to ride into my life today and do something special. 
See, I really do believe, like we taught last week, I believe our prayers move the heart of God. And if today you'd say, you know what, Chuck? There's something I need Jesus to write in here for me. And I want you to pray for me. I'm just going to, whoever, whoever that is, just stand up. Whatever that is, just stand up. Jesus rode in with an answer for you. Jesus rode in to bring you peace. Jesus rode in to give you hope. Jesus rode in to answer your prayer. He rode in to give you not just a shepherd and not just a lamb, but a shepherd that became a lamb that was slaughtered so he could be your shepherd for eternity. Just remain standing for a minute. Let me pray over you. Lord God, we, we really have no idea what's going on in everybody's life, but we do know that these folks who have stood and those that couldn't have come to you today wanting you to ride into their life with the certainty that you will hear them and you will answer. God, I, I don't want us to go away having not offered a prayer. So I would ask you in every life that is represented standing or those that couldn't, maybe even those who wouldn't, God, I wanna ask you to reach down into their heart and into their soul and give them joy. Give them their heart's desire. Pour your goodness and your mercy on them. God, there's some people standing here who are fighting cancer. There are people standing here who are fighting and walking through an ugly divorce. There are folks here trying to get over horrific addictions. There are folks here that don't deserve another chance but you wrote in. So Lord Jesus, I ask you in every life that is standing, every life represented in every family, you would pour your grace and your mercy on them to the degree that it would saturate their very soul. For people here today who would say, Jesus, I need you and I accept the spotless lamb into my life as payment for my sin. And today I ask Christ to be my redeemer and my shepherd. And God, for every prayer that's offered, would you answer that? Give them the courage to follow like these folks in baptism and experience the joy of obedience to you. God, we, we thank you that you heard us. We're anxious and we're thrilled that you will answer us. And with that, we pray all these things in the name of the one who rode into Jerusalem. For blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We offer these things all in his name, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.
Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church Podcast. For more information and to find out more about our church, please visit us at sugarhillchurch.com.